Harper Academic Calling, Annie Lyons. A new season kicks off for us with author Annie Lyons talking about her second novel, The Air Raid Book Club. It's London, 1938. The bookstore just doesn't feel the same to Gertie Bingham ever since the death of her beloved husband, Harry. Bingham Books was a dream they shared together, and without Harry, Gertie wonders if it's time to take her faithful old lab, Hemingway, and retire to the seaside. But fate has other plans for Gertie. In Germany, Hitler is on the rise, and Jewish families are making the heart-wrenching decision to send their children away from the growing turmoil. After a nudge from her dear friend Charles, Gertie decides to take in one of these refugees, a headstrong teenage girl named Hetty. Willful and fearless, Hetty reminds Gertie of herself at the same age and shows her that she can't give up just yet. We talk with Annie about doing historical research during a pandemic, the importance of community spirit, especially communities of women in fiction and in real life, and about the books that Gertie's book club didn't quite get to before the book reached its end. It was a joy to have Annie on our podcast. Before we get there, though, we do have a show announcement to make. In May, our dear Michael Finan departed for a new job and a new adventure at Macmillan Publishers. We wish him well, and we will do our best to continue on without him. I appreciate Michael's willingness to jump into this project with me with both feet. It was a joy having him as a co-host and co-conspirator. And now, enjoy the podcast. So today on the podcast, we have with us Annie Lyons, author of, among other things, um, The Air Raid Book Club. Annie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to be here. It's lovely to have you here. First time, first time on the podcast. So the Allied Book Club is, um, among other things, it's it's historical fiction, um, which is different than um, the first book that you published with us. What do you like about the genre of historical fiction? And were there any challenges um, during the writing process that you didn't um, expect to find? And you can include, because I know that you included this, a global pandemic, which sort of tips the scales of how, I'm sure, how you went about things. But let's start yeah. with thinking about um, historical fiction. Why historical fiction for the second book? Well, one of the reasons was because in my first book, The Brilliant Life of Eudora Honeyset, I, that had, it was set in the present day, but it it went back in time and there were flashback scenes to Eudora's earlier life starting in the Second World War and I really loved writing those scenes I just I really got into it I really enjoyed the research I really I just I just I'm really interested in the Second World War it's my favorite bit of, his, of history and um, when I was thinking about which book to write next I thought you know I enjoyed writing that so much why don't I crazy fool that I am write a whole historical fiction novel because I often like to set myself challenges to see I wonder if I could do that let's try and do that um so that was kind of how it started and um I don't think I quite realized what what a big challenge it would be because uh you know there, there's just there were just so many challenges in terms of once you start um researching something you go down a rabbit hole that takes you somewhere else incredibly interesting and there's so many you know bits to the history it's kind of endless and I was learning actually how to write historical fiction and one of the things 
that occurred to me and that from listening to other people who who write historical fiction and reading about it it's it was real kind of um the issue of do I know enough to represent this part of history and then the other challenge is I know a lot now I can't just dump it all in the in the book because obviously you're writing a story you're writing a fiction you're not writing a history textbook or non-fiction um book so it, it was really thinking about what to include what to leave out that was a real challenge but luckily I have a very good agent who I know you know Laura um she she was great she'd say look Annie just because you think that's really interesting that detail you know what is it bringing to the story how is it driving that st the story on the narrative um so that was it was really good but it there was at times when I really got stuck because when you're in a non-fiction world it's you've also got to allow the story to flow to give the story room and I, and I kept telling myself you know yes we're in the historical period but we're still telling a story so that was a real balancing act it was, that, those were the times when I thought can I do this can I do this you know but it was um it was a really really good good challenge actually good flex for my brain so in terms of the research that you did I'm sure there were some challenges trying to do research during a pandemic when everything was was closed so I'm wondering how how did sort of how did a pandemic kind of influence how you were able to do your research did you find any particular challenges in terms of how you were able to visit or not visit you know museums or libraries or whatever to, to discover you know primary or secondary sources that you would need to help kind of flesh out the world that you were creating? Yeah, well, all I would say is, God bless the internet, because, you know, obviously it's a huge resource anyway, but not really being able to go anywhere because museums were closed, libraries were closed. Um, the internet really did become my best friend. There's a really fantastic museum. I'm sure you know the Imperial War Museum, I've heard of it. Um, which is very close to me in South London and it's their online resources are absolutely fantastic they've got so much archive material they've got lots all the recordings I listen to a lot of recordings because one of the characters Hedy is a, um, a Jewish refugee who comes over to um, England as part of the kinder transport and I listened to lots of different accounts of of children now adults who came over to England and how that and that was really inspiring because it was kind of listening to the background which brought them here and how they felt and that, that kind of like emotion of it was really really important but also so inspiring because you know you think you it's like what's happening now obviously in Ukraine as well with with people being having to leave their homes you know how would that feel and to be able to listen to those accounts, that was really, really important and so inspiring because within that, there were certain people, the way they talked, it was their their braveness, their resilience, their hope as well. And um, when they came over, um, which was, you know, which was something that I really, really wanted to thread throughout the story as well. So that was that was an amazing thing. I actually went to the Imperial War Museum in the summer. I finally went. I'd never been. I felt I'm so embarrassed. I live in London and I haven't been. And I went with my daughter and it's as brilliant when you go to visit it as it's such a well put together museum. Um, really, really fantastic. So so there was that. And there's also a really, really great website, BBC website. They have all this archived 
material between 2003 and 2006, I think they asked people to share their stories of the Second World War, personal stories, and it's called the People's War. And it's all archived now, but you can go in and, I mean, you could spend years of your life just reading these incredible stories. Some of them are funny, some of them are heartbreaking, but just really authentic experiences that, that people had during the war. So those were very, very helpful because for me, all my fiction is character led. So it's about real people and how and how they are, you know, when they're put in these these situations and in these stories. So I want all that to be as authentic as possible. So that was that was useful. And of course, I did have books to read as well. <laughs> how would you describe your main character, Gertie Bingham, to people? I would describe, oh, that's such a good question. How would I describe that? I've spent so long with her, you know, I kind of like know her as well as any member of my own family. I think she is, well, at the start of the novel, she's a bit lost. She's fallen out of love with books and reading and she's run this bookshop, Bingham Books. She ran it with her husband for nearly 25 years and then he died two years previously. So she's really lost and she feels like she wants to move away, retire, leave the community where she's lived for all those years. And and um, and she's fallen out of love with reading as well, which is something that kind of happened to me as well for, for a time. During the pandemic, I really struggled to read. And it was weird because I think we were all doing it. We were all going, what's the matter with me? Why can't I read? I read a lot of nonfiction because I think I was kind of grasping for facts, but I, was re- I found it really hard to read stories and fiction and um so I wanted to write a story about a woman like that and she's it's 1938 and she's there's a storm looming in Europe but you know we're not yet at the point where we know definitively there will be a war but everybody's fearing it and suspecting it so she just wants to move away and of course then her her husband's best friend Charles comes to her and says you know would you consider taking in a, a Jewish refugee a child and she thinks about it for a while and then she decides she will and then it's it's the heady and Gertie coming together it's their story that sort of changes her and brings back her kind of love for reading and stories and book signing and then she realizes she's needed again you know in the community so yeah she goes through quite a bit of stuff <laughs> she does and there are two parts to the answer that you just gave that I I are near perfect segues for for some other things that I'm curious about. One is the theme of community that exists in the novel because we're put into not just um, not just Gertie's bookshop, but we're also put into this community of um, South London. There is this spirit, of course, that we, that we have as the novel progresses, um, of course, from the Blitz, and what these these people in this neighborhood experience during um, the war. So why was really kind of fleshing out this community that um, Gertie and Hetty um, are part of? Why was that really important to you as a means of telling the story? Well, firstly, I live in southeast London, as you know, and have done pretty much all my life. I was born here and I grew up around here and I set all my books around this area uh, so it's a community that's really important to me but again it was going back to when I was starting to write this book during the pandemic and during lockdown and I was really noticing how communities just pulled together and it was it was just like a 
a, a kind of building, a groundswell of all these little things that people did for each other. It's like those small moments, those small actions that people did to lift each other up, to help one another. And people just putting notes through their door, each of people's doors saying, does anybody need any shopping to, you know, organising sort of events and 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 just looking after people looking out for people or going delivering prescriptions or anything people could do and although of course it's a very different historical period pandemic the second world war completely different but in the way that human spirit sort of comes alive when when it's needed that was something I really wanted to reflect because there's such similarities to the second world war and that sense of community is so important and particularly for me, having read a lot about the Second World War, it's a, it was about women and how they lift one another up. And I just find that it's, it's something I'm really passionate about, women supporting women and just, you know, being there for one another and helping one another. And you have, you know, Gertie and Hedy, obviously, at the centre of the novel. But then you have people like Marjorie and the Women's Voluntary Service and those those characters who really kept I mean you know it's not it's not an overstatement to say that they kept Britain going with you know mugs of tea and 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 Gertie's case stories and reading and books and you know that was a definite thing that happened books the sales of books increased hugely during the war so there was a lot of reading that went on and a lot of that but I just wanted to reflect that because I think it's I just think it's really important it's really powerful and to remind ourselves that you know essentially human beings are kind and we'll look after each other and we'll support one another and yeah so that's kind of something I feel quite strongly about. Yeah and the and the the love that this novel has for books and for booksellers as I was reading it and going along and and keeping track of what the book club, uh, the bookshops book club uh, is reading. Um, but the the love that is there for books and stories reminded me a lot of Helene Hamp's uh, 84 Charing Cross Road, which is a book that I actually only read for the first time, uh, I guess, last fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a very long time to get around. It was so it's a book that I've heard about for a long time, and I just never, never got around to reading it till relatively recently. But I kept coming back when I w- when I would sit and think about what your book reminded me of. It reminded me of, of that particular book. Um, mm-hmm. So how do you think your book is in conversation um, with 84 Sharon Crossroad? I know you are a fan of, of that book. How do you think you have kind of helped carry on that conversation because they're they're two structurally i guess they're they're two different books right there is an epistolary mm. book versus historical fiction um, but mm. there is they both share this very deep love of books and stories and wanting to both consume them but also to to share them and to talk about them yeah definitely well thank you for the comparison because that is absolutely that's just made my day I I do I absolutely love that book I I started my book career on Charing Cross Road I worked in a bookshop as as a bookseller on Charing Cross Road and I it was just I I wanted to brush away a tear every time I walked past where 84 Charing Cross Road was and where my the bookshop where where, where I worked was because that was really for it's sort of like the mecca of book selling that it's just it, that street has 
so many fantastic books. Luckily, there's still foils. There's still any amount of books. If you like your secondhand books, go to any amount of books. It's, cool. it's such a gorgeous place. And of course, the wonderful Goldsboro on Cecil Court. So, you know, that is a real treasure trove of a street. So I think because I was immersed in that world and from a very early age, I've always been one, you know, going to libraries. My dad used to take me to secondhand bookshops. We used to go around. And I think there's a thing, isn't there, where it's, it's very, like, I love the way Helena Hamp talks about, you know, the feel of the books. It's like that physical holding the book and opening the book and admiring the cover. And I wanted to reflect that aspect of it when you physically hold a book and it's quite a personal thing isn't it because you know we all like to talk about all the books we love and we read reviews and we're all sharing stuff and we're all doing in this wonderful world of books but actually what I wanted to reflect was that moment when it's just you and the book and the story and you 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 know it resonates with you you identify with that character or it speaks you makes you laugh or it makes you cry or something it's that very personal moment and I always think about that as a reader as well, that it that that that's something that's so important that everything else just falls away and it's just you and the story and what it tells you or what it does for you. It's so difficult to put it into words. This is what I'm, I was trying to do with this book. So I guess in that respect, that's what I'm trying to do is like you say, is that continue that conversation about how important books are, what they do, what they achieve and you know it's it's just it's such a it's such a wonderful world to be in and it's such an immersive kind of experience and it's like medicine for the soul isn't it when you find a book that you really really love and um I mean there's nothing better but then of course it's a personal thing but then when you share a book that you love with a with somebody else you say oh have you read such and such and then you share that moment and it's that's even better so I think it's it's two bits, isn't it? It's that personal experience and then sharing it with the rest of the world. Bingham Books' book club. Trying to say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they read, uh, they, they read quite a bit. And one of the things that I love about the book is that there is this kind of notation in the back about what the book club recommends. Um, but mm. they, they went through quite a bit in in the course of their novel and what they talked about and what they didn't want to talk about uh, of, for some suggestions. Was there a book that you wish they could have gotten to that you couldn't quite couldn't quite get them get them to? Well, only because and this is a cheating answer here, because I had to stop the selection 1945. So I couldn't have anything afterwards. But I would love I think if I was going to give, if I could set them on, you know, the path and move them forwards, I'd love to know what they thought of 1984, because that didn't come out till 1949. And To Kill a Mockingbird, I think that would be a wonderful one for them to discuss. But then I'd also really like to know what they thought of Bridget Jones' diary, <laughs> just to bring it all up to date. yeah yeah that was that was one of my first books when I was a bookseller that had just that was the Bridget Jones moment that just come out so you know I think that would be great I think I and also of course I think I would like to introduce them to Anne Tyler because she's my favorite and I think I think Gertie would be a big Anne Tyler fan Mm, mm. (laughs) I'm just sure that's a that's a very eclectic, uh, a very eclectic connection, which uh, collection, which I'm I'm not sure all members of the book club would appreciate, but definitely well, it's good to drop one in, isn't it? Though it is, it is. <laughs> so I just have one more question for you, and it's a question that we ask all of the guests on our podcast. Who was your favorite teacher? 
Oh, that's such a good question. Well, I had a really unsurprising there, but everyone chooses, all writers choose their English teachers. <laughs> we have a, we have quite a selection, but it is very nice because usually usually those usually those teachers don't get a lot of thanks. So we're we're very no. glad to be able to amplify them. She was so she was my secondary school teacher and um she was called um Miss Thornset and she was a really oh she was just a very inspiring woman who would just I went to an all-girls school and she was just she really inspired us to read but then she left I had her for like like a couple of terms and then she left it was so but I think maybe that sort of longing <laughs> stayed with me but she was she was one who really really sort of re-inspired my um my love of of books and reading um so yeah I'm going to think of other teachers now as <laughs> I can think of as well <laughs> I feel like I'm surrounded by them because I feel like I'm always learning stuff from people you know and I've got a very wide variety of friends of all different ages and I you know I just from very young to very to older and I think that sense of curiosity that's one of those things I think oh how does that work and what is that you know the the people that you can really talk to about about those things like like my children actually my daughter and my son there are and they're an endless you know mine of information and new stuff and I'm learning all the time and they yeah. laugh at me when I when I ask stupid questions but you know <laughs> it's all part of it it's good isn't it well Annie thank you so much for joining us my pleasure thank you very much they were Absolutely excellent questions.